There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Patron Spotlight, uh, where we interview Saints Happy Hour patrons who uh, donate $5 a month, um, and we get to know them, they get to hang out with us, me, they talk about their Saints fandom, their show fandom, all kinds of fun stuff, and this episode, I've been super excited about, the guy has been very accommodating, uh, I've had major internet issues, I had my modem broke. I had to move it, and and he rescheduled. We had to reschedule much time, but we're on the we're we're with him. He's Monadulo. He is in the Netherlands. We are doing another international uh, edition of the Patron Spotlight. Uh, Monadula, how are you doing today on this lovely Friday? I'm I'm doing fine. It's uh, a bit less lovely the weather here, but uh, it's it's May, so road should how be is good, the weather? But... In, how is the weather in the Netherlands in May? My wife went. In the summer, like four years ago, five years ago, and she mm-hmm. said it was magical and wanted to live there permanently. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it used to be magical, <laughs> but now this year it's uh, it was like uh, very warm in February. We had some re- heat records, and then uh, now we have some low heat records. So it's uh, totally gray. I'm looking out now. Uh, <laughs> starting to get dark uh, soon. So uh... so. <clears throat> You're a saint. How do you become a saint? I'm always curious with with international people, how they become Saints fans. What made you attracted to American football in Europe? And second of all, why did you say, of all the teams, I'm going to pick the one in probably the smallest market of all 32 teams? Maybe, well, Green Bay is smaller. But how did you become an NFL fan and then a Saints fan? Because that seems very strange in the Netherlands to get to that point. Well, um, we used to have the the NFL Europe. Um, I didn't have a car back then, so I didn't go to any Oh, the Amsterdam Admirals, right. Yeah, Amsterdam Admirals, but I actually was living closer to to Köln, uh, Köln Rheinfire, I think, or, or Düsseldorf Rheinfire. They had like a couple of teams nearby, but I didn't have a car, no driver's license yet, so uh, I didn't go. But I, I was interested, and that's why they were also uh, airing the the Super Bowl on the uh, on national TV. And um, yeah, I was uh, I didn't have anything to do today after I had day off uh, from school or whatever. So uh, I watched the Super Bowl and I was like super excited because the uh, yeah, the game is awesome. Um, and that was the year 2000, I think. And from that moment on, I never missed, missed the Super Bowl. I always took a day off or uh, uh, I never had any anything at all. So um, and I still stick by that, even though I didn't watch the last Super Bowl. But that doesn't count anyway. So uh. Yeah, it never happened. But, um, I, don't know, I don't know what you're speaking uh, so, so then the streaming services came into play, and um, we could download them, not really legally, but since then I've been, been a paying customer, though the service sometimes is really crappy. But uh, um, So I think I've made up for that. 
and it was, I started watching 2009 week two. And the first uh, game I downloaded was Saints game, and Drew Brees threw for like four touchdowns and like. No, oh, they they roped you in. They roped you yeah, in right so, off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I joined the the year that it was, uh, yeah, the awesome year. So, um, I, I had a couple of teams I was like I liked at that moment because they were winning. Uh, Jets were winning, and the game against the Saints they lost. Uh, Broncos were winning, but I was like, no man, Saints is my first love. And I'm so glad that I chose the Saints because New Orleans is a great city. I went there last year, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. So, what, what did you come in for a game, or did you just go to New Orleans just to go? Well, we we had a, me and my uh, my my girlfriend. I should say my wife, but she's not my wife yet. But she's from Kazakhstan, so <laughs> that's a nice link. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, well, we, we went for a trip for three uh, for three weeks, went around the, the Northeast and then uh, stayed in New York for a week and then came to uh, um, uh, to, to New Orleans for a week. And we uh, we were there at the Redskins game when Breeze broke the record. So it was oh, a good, good game to join that's there. A, that's yeah. a good choice. So mm -hmm. the, how is it, the time difference in the Netherlands is what, seven hours difference? With New Orleans, yeah, seven hours. So it's eight o'clock there. So... Watching the games, do you do you watch all the games? Do you watch them all live, including the nighttime games? When they play, on, like game, when they play on Monday to open the game, it'll be at it'll start at like one o'clock, one a.m. your time. You will no, you watch that? Will you watch all games live, or do some of them you watch live, some not? Um, Saints games I watch live. Um, there used to be times that I I watched more games live. Uh, uh, well. Every Sunday night, they start at 7 my time. Um, uh, so Sunday games, I watch uh, both uh, two games, whatever is the best game that's on. And then uh, uh, if, the, if the Saints play at midnight, like um, that's uh, 2.30 my time, uh, I will watch that as well. Um, and depending uh, uh, if I can go to bed early, like on Sunday, I can't go to bed early. But my system is on, uh, on a Monday night game. I come home from work, I go to bed immediately, and then I get up at uh, at uh, quarter to two, and I take a shower, I'm fresh, I uh, start up the uh, the feed, and I watch the, games, the game live, and then uh, it's done, and an hour later I leave for work. <laughs> that, is, that is dedication. So at least when they mm -hmm. play Monday night, the opening week, at least it's like an hour, or it's like a like about an hour and a half earlier than the normal Monday night game, because they have the double header, right? So at least you get a little bit of a little bit of a break, right? Um, I, th I think if it would be an hour later, it would be better for me because then oh, you, an hour more. Oh, you're well, saying you wish they played the, to, you played the second game of doubleheader right? and they started at 9.30 because that would be like 4.30 your time. You could just get yourself up really, really early and start your day super early. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, then I could go uh, directly after it's done. I could go. Uh, uh, I could go to work, yeah. But now I have a broken night, so I sleep, then I watch again, then I sleep a bit more. And then that's, two days later, I pay for it. So <laughs> that's, cra that's crazy. I did that with the what, – what was the year they had the World Cup in Korea? And they would start the games at like – this. the United States would play at like – they would kick off at like 2 in the morning. But 
I want to bring up something we talked we were talking about before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was mentioning to you, you know, we'll talk about the Saints and we'll talk about this. And I was going to mention about Ajax. They're the big, uh, they're the big team in the Netherlands, the big football club in Europe, and they were in the Champions League semifinal and they collapsed and lost. And I was going to ask you how you felt about that. And you said to me, I don't watch soccer anymore since the Netherlands got screwed in a World Cup. So well. That's pretty much much the dedication because a lot of people say, I'm done with the sport, and they don't mean it. You really meant it with football, like football, the European version anyway. Yes, I I call it soccer just to to make it easier because football is my life. American football is my life, so I don't call call it soccer and football. But, um, yeah, it wasn't as much um, that the Dutch got screwed, but the whole refereeing system, it was completely flawed. There were like... 12 yellow cards and like six red cards or something in that game when they in 2010 um, and I just started watching American football and I was like yeah this shit never happens in, in, in American <laughs> football there's like seven referees on the field they, they see stuff and they, when something idiotic like this happens a referee cannot influence a game like that and then the NFC championship happened so I was like it can happen and I was like really really uh yeah, so should I not ever watch American football again? But yeah, I've, I've I chosen know. this again. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had a similar experience, not because of refereeing, but with I was when I was younger. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a huge hockey fan. I was a huge New York Ranger fan, and when I was a kid, young kid. Rangers were my team. They were on ESPN. I watched them all the time. My dad had a radio set up where I could get the radio signal out of New York, and I would listen to hockey on the radio. And if anybody has ever listened to hockey on the radio, you know hockey on the radio is terrible. But I was a young kid, so I liked it. And then, uh, Manadula, the the uh, the hockey league, it went on strike, and they just canceled the season of it. And the okay. Rangers had won the cup the year before, and... When I didn't have hockey in my life for a year, I just like went about it. And when it came back, I didn't care. And I've never really watched an entire hockey game since 1994. And I don't even how, miss how it. How old were you then? What's that? I was in 94. I'd have been 18. And the Rangers mm-hmm. won the cup in the Rangers won the cup in 94. And I think yeah, the but- NHL they stopped. They didn't have a season in 95. But that's when you're still young, so you have like changing interests. I'm, uh, uh, I'm now I'm 40. I, uh, I stuck to football. I, I'm doing football. That's my. I know everything about it, and that's one of the nice things here in the Netherlands. So few people uh, do know it that I'm an expert on it here, <laughs> <laughs> and I like to be like special and uh, have an be an expert. My girlfriend's cracking up now, but <laughs> so uh, yeah. How is it? How you know? Because now. Uh, you know, obviously you've been a football fan for a while, a, a, mm-hmm. a while now. When you first started, you know, the internet makes everything easy now. Like if you want to learn about, yeah. if you if you and me decided, hey, let's start caring about cricket, we could dive onto the, you could Google cricket and learn the rules and, and watch mm-hmm. videos and explain everything and everything and get up to speed really easily. But like 10, 12, whatever years ago even, or even six or seven, like it wasn't as easy as it now. How did you teach yourself the ins and out of American football because because football is a freaking complicated sport like you can't just be mm-hmm. like watch it and catch on to it and 
a couple minutes. Like, I could think of like five or six other sports that they, a person could know nothing about it, and you could kind of explain it to them really easily in about mm-hmm. five minutes, and they could get into watching a game. I don't know that I could do that with American football. No, American. I try to explain it to people who come and watch it. A friend of mine, he's uh, he's watched regularly with me. Uh, not the night games, but if it's like on a Sunday evening at our time, then uh, and he'd come and, uh, and watch it, and he'd like it. Um, the 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 game is really uh, uh, complicated, uh, but uh, there were uh, during the Super Bowl. You know, there's a you have all these commercials, but um, we didn't. So we have if you if you take a three hour game, you have like two hours of uh, footage, but there's one hour of commercials. And during those commercial breaks, the the, the commentators in Dutch uh, Super Bowl, they would explain the rules and, and oh, go over the stuff. So so that's how I got to to know it. And then a year later, when I watched it for the second time, I was like, oh, what's the rules again? And then they so I, I kind of caught up on it. And um well, I, I have to say that uh, the most stuff that I learned, um, uh, it's because of Andrew. Um, I call myself a Jujin. I don't know if you know. I always ask myself uh, WWJD, Roku Jujitsu. <laughs> and um, because the, the thing is, I listen to your podcast and I've read all his columns. And, yeah, maybe missed a few, but uh, I read them all, commented on them, and uh, uh, he really appreciated that I did that. And um um, he, he taught me how football works and he taught me how to think. And when you're discussing something, I sometimes, uh, often, I, I think the same way as he's, uh, as he's thinking. And, uh, and sometimes I'm like, come on, Andrew, you know this. <laughs> I think, I think, Manadula, I think the one thing with, with Andrew, you know, he, he knows the exact time when he came in this podcast. I think it's like 2010, 2011. What I've noticed is having him on the podcast with us, you know, he started out, he would be a guest like once a month and then he became every week and now him, me and him do it every day. The one thing I've noticed over the almost decade that I, that he's been on the podcast consistently, I've poisoned his mind because when he first yeah. started, he was football guy, he was film session, he knew it all and he still knows it all. Mm-hmm. But now he's just like me and he, all he cares about is the jokes. And I feel like yeah. I've corrupted Andrew in that way that he I... that he still can be the best explainer of Saints film that there is. I don't care who it is. They have a lot of people that do it well, but Andrew when he wants to do it and has the time ex- watching a Saints game and explaining it in a way that that people that don't necessarily understand X's and O's, Andrew can explain it in a way that's great, and he's really, really good at that. But I've poisoned his mind, and all he cares about is jokes now. I, I think jokes are easy. And you know, he, he used <laughs> to, he talk, he talked about when he was in in, uh, in France, and he was uh, watching these games uh, four times a, uh, a week, and then he got a new tape from his uh, grandfather. Um, he, uh, uh, he used to watch the game, and then go over it and and grade every player. He would have great uh, grades of every player that played a fair fair amount of time on his uh, on his website. And I read them all, and that's how I got to to know stuff. And uh, it was very insightful. But now yeah, he's not I, well, doing I, that. He's just that's how I got him. That's how I got connected to Andrew. I read his. He would he would let Canal Street Chronicles share his grades, and I would read mm-hmm. his grades. And then I got connected, you know, and then I was like, oh, that's the Saints Nation blog and go to it. And I just like the way that he did the grades in a way that was normal people language because I, I feel like a lot of the tape 
watching people, they get enamored with the football terms and the terminology and you're reading and you're mm-hmm. like, what am I reading? I'm reading about a 4-3 under with the, with the nickel and this and that. And it's like, tell it to me like a normal human being would explain it to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what Andrew did. But so you gave up soccer and you never went back. Um, mm-hmm. And you went to the, Wash- the, the Saints-Washington game. Are you planning to go to any – are you going to try to make any games this year or in the future? Uh, not this year, but in future, definitely. Um, first game I actually I watched was the London game in uh, 2017. Uh, London, uh, they were playing the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a, a you know, um, I found out that I share a birthday with Thomas Morstead and oh, I followed yeah. him on Twitter and he's just one of the best human beings, uh, way better than, than I could ever be. Um, and it's a true inspiration for, for anybody, actually. But um, well, so he he was there on on the podium with like uh, seven other saints, uh, and I was standing next to a woman, and she was like going, "Ooh, Thomas!" And I was like, "Oh, what? Thomas? Like not Breeze or whatever?" No, no, Thomas. He's my nephew. And it turns out, and I didn't know that that uh, Thomas Morset has a lot of family in in the UK. So oh, wow. I I hung around with those people after the presentation. Maybe like uh, he would come out, and he came out. And um, and he was uh, uh, yeah was immediately with his kid on his arm and uh, they were happy to see him his family so I was like ah, I won't bother him so he tweeted that out to to Andrew actually and I uh, tagged Thomas Morstead and he um, replied to me and said next time say hi so I was like God damn I should have done that <laughs> next and then, time you know you know yeah. what after the game I looked maybe he'll come out of, uh, out of the locker room but they didn't and they say yeah you have to go there so I was walking. Uh, walking along, and suddenly I saw some people with number six on the back. So I was like, "Okay, this are uh, his family." So followed them, and I came at the uh, at friends and family area, and uh, they were like, "Where's your uh, your wristband?" Well, I don't have one. Yeah, then you can't come in. So, but it was like a low fence, so I could just stay outside. And I was like, "Okay, when when Thomas comes out, they will uh, I will ask them like, can he uh, can I talk to him a bit or something." His father recognized me. He comes up to me and says, shakes my hand, and in his hand is a, there's a, a wristband, so I could got to join them backstage uh, in friends and family area and walked around all the Saints players and uh, get, yeah, if if you can imagine like Andrew, he was in uh, in Greenbrier with all those players, but for me to have the opportunity to to be really close to them, talk to them, uh, I I I think that. Uh, uh, Sean Orleans, he will uh, slap me for this, but I shake the uh, uh, Andrew, what's his name, uh, Peterson, his hand, oh, and, yeah. like because I heard he had a really, uh, really hard grip. strong grip, strong grip, yeah. So um, yeah, th- that day was amazing for me, man. It was so, really, you know, uh, best day ever. The interesting thing about Morstead was we did a we did a fun. Um, Daily Saints podcast, and by the way, this episode's free. You should listen, and you should subscribe and become a, uh, a member. Seven dollars a month, you get a Saints podcast every day. But me and Andrew did a daily podcast on what would it take for the Saints to trade Thomas Morstead. Would you trade Thomas Morstead for a first round pick? And the overwhelming majority of people on Facebook Absolutely. and in the poll and on the comments are, were like, you cannot trade Thomas Morset. We don't care if you give the Saints a first-round pick, two first-round picks. We don't care. He's like family. We love him. And mm-hmm. for it to be that way over a punter, 
exactly. is just so fantastic that New Orleans has embraced this guy, this punter, and he's embraced New Orleans right back, and they love mm-hmm. him. And people, and I agree. I'm like, I don't want to trade Thomas Morrison. I want Thomas Morrison to play till he's 45, and I want to see his last day in the Superdome, and I want it to be a great celebration. I don't want him playing for two or three other teams, and they don't love mm-hmm. him like we love him. You know? Are there, are there any punters in the in the in the Hall of Fame? Uh, there is Ray Guy is in the Hall of Fame, and it took him years and years and years mm-hmm. to finally get in. Um, well, if, if Morset plays twenty plus years and has won a Super Bowl and was uh, the 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 um, yeah, he might. It'd be, guy, it'd be it'll it be hard. Be, uh... I, you know, the thing is with kickers, kickers and punters, they just don't let them in. Like, and it's it to me, it's unfair because. True. They're they're players just like everybody else, and to me, one in fifty f- guys should be a kicker or a yeah. And and uh, you know, it took Morton Anderson. I think I think Morton Anderson, the famous Saints kicker. I think it took him. And, I think it took him in a de- about a decade because he was you know he was still ki- well no he was still kicking in '06. So and he retired in '08. So it took him almost a decade. Yeah. Because he got in two couple years ago, so it took him almost a decade to get in. But that's Manadula. That's just uh, that's just kickers, man. They they just they have a bias against them. So as you look, you, another question I want to ask you is because you're a Saints fan and you and you come to it from a, a from a foreign uh, perspective. How do you okay. how do you process all the rivalries and hatreds and and things that American fans we sort of uh. know. <laughs> automatically ever a football fan you know we know oh the saints hate atlanta and dallas hates the redskins and the packers hate the, mm. the packers hate the bears how do you where do you go to sort of learn all that well the the the, the rivalries between other teams i don't know but andrew uh, taught me well <laughs> um and it was so easy to hate to hate roddy white it was like oh man that guy was so easy to he, he blocked me on twitter and that was really great <laughs> congratulations Jeff Duncan did, Jeff Duncan did as well, and then somebody tweeted Jeff Duncan. Jeff Duncan was like, "Oh, okay." In the spirit of, uh, of uh, whatever, I'll, I'll unblock. I was like, "No!" I nearly had to try fact. I had Goodell to block me yet, and then I uh, <laughs> would have been complete. But, but also, um, you know, Panthers. When, when Sh- I was a Shockey fan at the beginning, I was like, Shockey was awesome. He was like uh, this big dude. He was going and hitting people and uh, making touchdowns, and uh, it was the first jer- uh, jersey that I owned. Um, and, it's, a good um, it's a good choice for a first jersey. Shockey was fun. Yeah, 2009 especially. And um, um, so he went to the Panthers, and I was like, okay with that. It was a rivalry, but I didn't mind the Panthers that much. But now Newton makes it so easy to hate the Panthers. It's, <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine ever hating Roddy White the same amount as I hate Cam Newton. <laughs> So, so Buccaneers, as long as they're down there and never really winning anything, I, uh, I'm okay with the Buccaneers as well. But, do we uh, even, do we even like? I feel the same way about the Buccaneers, and even though they beat the Saints in the opening game last year, I feel the same way about the Buccaneers that I feel about the Browns. Like they just, I don't have any emotional emotional attachment to them or hatred for them I, I even think though they the Browns, won with John Gruden it's a long time ago I just I just don't maybe it's because mm. they never win Monadula. I don't know I just don't even view them not even as a rival like 
I, just, uh, I think the Browns are actually nice because now they have like a team and it's growing and maybe there's something and because they were like really, really, really yeah. bad that it's now nice to see them doing something. And they're also not in our uh, conference even. So so who the hell cares about the Browns? I'd like to see them win. I'd like to see them in the Super Bowl. But uh, the Buccaneers, uh, as long as they keep losing, I'm okay with them. Yeah. And when they, so, when they start becoming a rival, then I'm like, uh, nah, they should, should as go long as you uh, stay, a bit low. As long as you say terrible, Tampa, we'll ignore you. <laughs> exactly. We'll, so, we'll condone you. So, final question. And this is, what are your expectations for the 2019 Saints realistically? Um, I'm, I'm, the thing is, I was really like depressed Saints-wise. Uh, one and a half hours to two hours a day, I would be on, on t- checking Twitter, uh, conversations, listening to podcasts. And then, and then I moved. Uh, I moved three three months ago here in this uh, new apartment, and uh, so that coincided with the Saints not going to the Super Bowl. And I was, yeah, I did. I, I like cut Twitter out of my life at that point, and now I'm slowly coming back in. The, the draft was nice. Oh, my girlfriend's applauding now. But <laughs> but, Twitter is um, poison. Twitter is a yeah. poison, horrible drug, well, and I am addicted. And I wish I could not be on Twitter. Well, I don't have that many followers, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so people don't write me that much. But um, now, um, real, so I was kind of like this. This was it. I'm not sh- even sure they 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 p- probably make the postseason, but it won't be as a they won't have the first round by. Um, I was thinking like eleven and five, ten and six, because the, st- the team is still great. But my heart. It's not like I want them to win, and uh, because even if they win, even if they make NFC Championship, you know, there's like this, you know, we we were there last time. That was the time we should have won. We the only thing that the Patriots did to win was to uh, change the defense, so uh, uh, so Goff was horrible, and they couldn't score themselves, and they scored one touchdown, and then they won. If the Saints would have been in the Super Bowl, they would have obliterated the, 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 the I Patriots. I feel like if the Saints would have won, been in the Super Bowl, Camaro would have been MVP because he's from Atlanta. And that just would have poured gasoline and salt and made Falcon fans feel even worse. Uh, it, that the Saints no, it, won the Super Bowl in their stadium and a guy from Atlanta was MVP. I believe that in my heart. No one will ever so, convince so, me otherwise. If the Saints win it this year, it's not even in Atlanta, so they took that away from us as well. And and this is my view. It's probably last year that the Saints uh, will be really competitive, uh, depending on what what Bridgewater does next year. But yeah. um, so um, I, I I don't know if if they if their heart of the, the players if their heart is in it as much because they they must have gone through worse than than we did. Um, but as soon as it starts up, I think they will play for it. But um, yeah, they'll they'll know that it's ending, and so their heart won't be as in, uh, as much in it as it's now. And it will be really hard to to get through the through yeah. playoffs, uh, not I, being the, having first round by. I think I view it. I I think you're right in that this will be the last year that this team will be together. But I disagree with you on the thing of you don't don't think their heart's going to be in it, and that could be the problem. I actually think it's the opposite. I think this group, 
they know that this is going to be it. Like after this year, Breeze may retire. Michael Thomas has got to get paid. Other dudes are going to want to get paid. I view this, they might put extra pressure on themselves as like, this is our last shot. Like after this, this, this group is broken up. And, and my God, we really better win it. This is year three of this. If we don't win it now, it's, it's broken up. It's over. Oh my God. And the pressure might even be more intense, which could be a bad thing, but we'll see. I, I, you know, Manadula, I think once July gets here and we start going to camp, I think we'll fire ourselves up and we'll get super excited and the call, it will never get over the bad call and getting screwed. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll start instead of looking back. We'll once July gets here, we're going to start looking forward. So yeah, I've been since the uh, draft is here and uh, has been here. Uh, I, I um, I'm still get, I'm getting a bit more interested and more hyped, and um, also uh, fantasy football. I uh, uh, I'm getting into it. I've got yep. first round dra- draft pick and and a first overall pick in the dynasty league. So I've been really like trying to figure out who I should draft first. But I've got like five picks in the first five rounds. I'm very good at trading uh, picks. Trading down, I think. Uh, 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 yeah, I should be maybe on the Saints to get get more picks. <laughs> be, be 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 the successor to Mickey Loomis. You'll just trade all future assets for for gratification now. But Manadula, mm-hmm. thanks for joining us, guy. I appreciate it. And everybody who's listening to this, you can be on the patron spotlight too. Just sign up uh, and be a patron supporter. I can't officially offer this as a perk on on patreon because it's a raffle but we're still going to pick one every month so if you sign up and you become a patreon a patron for us you can do this we do it every month and we do a bunch of them at a time and it's great it's fun uh we do international so um thanks to monadula for joining us and thanks to everybody for for listening and until next time the bar is closed The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.